everybody. Welcome to Some Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. Hey, this is your host, Steve Mathis of the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Uh, in advance of this podcast archive of last night's show, I'd like to apologize for the sound quality. We've worked with it the best we can. Uh, once again, we almost didn't have a show last night, but thanks to Greg for pulling it through. And uh, But with that, the sound quality isn't the greatest. So uh, once again, I apologize. Stick with us. We'll figure this thing out. And uh, you'll remember when you were there at the very beginning. Thanks again for listening. Their sport has been great. See ya. Here in Las Vegas at the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show, I'm your host Steve Mathis. With me on the line is Paul Lindsay. Paul, what's up? Man, just uh, holding my breath like everybody else here. I want to apologize everybody for those minor technical difficulties. Uh, every week it seems like it's something else, but what do you expect? We're a new show. Hang in there, folks. We'll get this figured out. The, the best part of it all is all the people that are hearing the audio, the audio technical problems are going to remember when we're on Sirius or XM Radio. I remember when those clowns couldn't That's pull right. it together. That's right, that's right. Everything's fine, and then the gremlins get in there. So somebody out there is sabotaging us, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Must be the DMX guys. Yeah, now, now you're... Uh, it's Kelly and Isaac, I know it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you're not in the studio. You're on the phone. Uh, that's right. Couldn't make it. Uh, Daytona Supercross, I take it you watched it? I did. I did live, fourth week in a row. Got to thank the guys at Speed, and obviously this wasn't uh, a, a felled event this week. But, man, how lucky have we been to have the TV live every week for the last what three or four weeks i guess and another one coming up in toronto i think so it's been great yeah and another great weekend never ceases to uh disappoint this uh this year all the 450 man the two the 250 man has been incredible too this east coast as we talked about before we get too far in let's talk a little bit about the people who brought you this show and that what that is motorworldracing.com check them out on the web motorworldracing.com is the address and uh they're your leader in aftermarket apparel and accessories so i implore you to go there you can punch in a special code that you're going to hear in the commercial later, and you'll get a discount on your order. Just for just for listening to the show, you get a discount. So check them out, MotorWorldRacing.com. They are the reason we're doing this show. Rockwell Watches also. Rockwell Watches, big fans of ours. Paul's a big fan of Rockwell Watches, and uh, you can check them out, RockwellTime.com. Look who's rocking Rockwell. X-Brand Goggles, a uh, big sponsor of ours as well, TheXBrand.com. Check it out, X-Brand Goggles. 
the results of 25 years of goggle technology. And as well, the motocross the nation's Lakewood, Colorado. Paul, I can never remember the date. <laughs> September 27th. Or excuse me, September 26th. The world is coming, and it just every week it's so far off, but it feels like it's just starting to reach a fever pitch. Now the world is coming to Lakewood. Don't miss it. Go get your tickets early. Get book your hotel rooms. Uh, what can you say? Motocross nations in America. It's on. Let's uh, let's get right into our trivia segment too. And Paul, we know how much you put work into this. I'm coming to Miller Motor Sports Park. Another great event. The world coming to uh, Utah, right next to Colorado. Um, so thanks to Rockwell for supporting the trivia. And yeah, I enjoy doing this stuff. I've always liked trivia. Racer X does the flash trivia, and I always like doing it. And like you said, sometimes we go hard, sometimes we go easy. I've been trying to make them easy. I think this week's might be a little bit harder. Uh, I think it's just going to confuse some people because they'll try to maybe dig too deep, too far back in the years in the results. So there's your hint. Not too, uh, not too far removed, this answer. Uh, last week's answer, by the way, the first and only rookie to win a Premier Class 250 or 450, I guess, at this point, Premier Class Supercross title, was Jeremy McGrath in 1993. Ironically, tonight's one of tonight's guests. So thank you to everybody that uh, emailed that. We had a lot of emails on that one. And I also have to say, speaking of that, everybody that sends in these emails to me at, by the way, it's uh, the Moto Show Trivia at hotmail.com. Okay, don't send them to Steve anymore. It's moto, the, moto, the Moto Show Trivia at hotmail.com. And uh, we, we, I got a lot of fan mail the last couple weeks. And really? It's been, yeah, That's it's cool. been overwhelming. I got to tell you, for such a new show, we sure are getting inundated with fan mail, and it's been awesome. I, I mean, I literally want to speak directly to those people. I try to answer all of them myself, but I just want to say thank you very much to everybody who's listening, and thank you very much for your patience with these technical difficulties we've had. Again, we're a new show, but they, when people walk up to me in the pits, whether they're industry people or fans or, uh, or they email me, it's just, again, it's overwhelming when people do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support and all the kind words. Steve and I are trying our best for you guys. We enjoy it as much as you do. And uh, so here we go. Anyhow, last week's answer for those of you who didn't win or didn't get the right answer, Jeremy McGrath, 1993, first rookie Supercross champion. This week, we're going to go sort of in line with the Trey Kennard thing since he was supposed to be our guest last week. Uh, And he got a podium, obviously, in Atlanta and backed it up with a podium at Daytona. And he is now an active lights rider on the West Coast, as you all know. The question goes like this. Who besides Trey Kennard, was the last active lights rider on either coast to get a podium in the 450 class. Um, and then I'm, I'm actually going to do a bonus. Easy. With that. That's kind of uh, easy. I, I, well, I, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I think some people are going to overthink it, though. Right, yeah, so, that's probably true. Yep, I think that's the thing. I think they're going to, again, I get a little hint. Don't dig too deep. But you don't have to go too back far to find it. Before that, I think you might have, or before the second one. But anyhow, uh, I'm going to do a bonus one. The first person... I'm going to do something special. I don't know what yet. I've got some uh, Zag earbuds here and a couple other things, some, a T-shirt from uh, uh, Deuce Clothing. I'm going to do something special, a special package, including a Rockwell gift certificate and some other goodies uh, for the first person that can email me. This is a bonus question this week. The only rider to win a race in the Premier Class while moonlighting as an active lights rider or 125 rider. There's another hint. You have to go all the way back to 125 class. I was, there right. that, I was there that night. It was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I think hopefully uh, core fans will remember it, too. It was a pretty uh, amazing night. So uh, there you go. Thanks again to Rockwell and uh, for the trivia. Again, we enjoyed every week. Thanks again for all the emails and all the kind words. And uh, 
and move uh, on to uh, Daytona here. Yeah, and please support MotorWorldRacing.com for whatever you need: bike, body, uh, dirt, quad, street, whatever. MotorWorldRacing.com. Please uh, support them, and that way they'll support the show, and then uh, we'll keep. Uh, we can keep on coming to you. <laughs> keep on doing this exactly. But uh, yeah, on to Daytona. Uh, any any surprises for you? Um, you know, I wouldn't say a surprise, but man, it sure was nice seeing Trey Kennard back that up. And uh, a few people the week before were saying, you know, he was blocking RV and he got lucky and he got this and he got that. I'm here to tell you folks, Trey Kennard's the real deal. And this, for me, is reminiscent of uh, some of the younger guys, even back in the 90s, the Matasevichs, the Kudrowskis, the Bradshaw, guys that stepped up that were just kids. And, and remember, Trey is just a kid. He's a, he's a very fast kid, but he's just a kid. And uh, he will move to the 450 class permanently next year, as will, by the way, Austin Stroop, who in a matter of one or two weeks is officially going to point out. A lot of people didn't realize that. And how deep, I know this is getting way ahead of myself here, but how deep and how awesome is 2011 Supercross going to be with all of those riders? Think about Weimer moving up, Kennard moving up, Porcel moving up, uh, Stroop moving up, Chad Reed, James Stewart back, Josh Grant back, Dungey, RV, Hill, K-Dub, Short, Millsaps, maybe Metcalf moving up. That's 13 guys that I just listed that are podium contenders. I know we talked about how deep the class was this year, but my Lord, just adding Weimer, Kennard, Porcel, and Stroop alone is going to add some serious depth to that class. So just saying, 2011, it's on. As if we weren't excited enough this year. Now, of course, that's barring injuries and whatnot. And I'm even leaving guys out like Brayton and, and Tedesco and, and sure. guys like that. Yeah, you know, sure, I mentioned. But, yeah, when all those guys are healthy, my Lord, it, it's going to be crazy. So, anyhow, uh, back to your question about Daytona. Uh, one of the things that surprised me most was the track. I've never seen it that fast. That The track was insane. It was technical but extremely fast. And uh, the tracks this year just don't disappoint. I mean, they've been awesome. Some of them don't look like they're very much fun to ride like Indy. But the racing has been great. The, uh, and actually, uh, talking about that, um, the track should have been faster uh, it, after the second, well, in between the second set of practices, after the first lights uh, time practice, uh, the guys go over, uh, they come out of the back, they make a left, they go over a, a short table, they kind of make a little bit of an S turn, and then they, uh, they fly into this step up, and they were on, on TV, they were going on and off. Well, in practice, lights guys and some 450 guys in the first untimed session were going all the way over. So any sense, in effect, a quad jump. It was massive. And uh, so they would go all the way over. They would hit the next natural sand whip that was there and bounce into the next stair step. And, uh, man, they were hitting some serious speeds on that. After this first lights practice, they came in. They, they uh, fixed the, the They didn't, in my mind, they jacked it up. The, land, yep. the, the takeoff, so you couldn't do it anymore. And um, so that what was funny was on the telecast, they had Dean Wilson as having the fifth best overall time of the night in practice. But, folks, that was when he was jumping the quad. Right. So it wasn't a true time. It, right. was, a, it was a half a second to a second faster to uh, quad the thing. So uh, it wasn't quite the same. But, man, you want to talk about fast. That whole stretch, when they made the left turn at the far end, They, it was basically a straight line, save for a small S turn. Um, yeah. 
which is unusual in Daytona. And, uh, you know, it's yep. Ricky, Ricky Carmichael designed, and uh, I, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was he did track. a great job. How, how cool was that little zigzag section that uh, Reed tried to do in practice, and then uh, Barsha was doing almost every lap in the heat race? I thought that was awesome. Yeah, the little jump out of the pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was very creative on, uh, first, on Barsha's part. First guy I saw do that, and I mean, I... I mean, I probably missed maybe a couple of guys, but I'm telling you, one of the first guys to do that was Taylor Futrell. Really? Yep. Nice. First, first guy, like, I just saw it. I was like, oh, my God. It was yeah, early. he didn't have a real good night, but I think that kid's yeah. pretty talented. Yeah. It, it was early in the first practice session, and uh, like I said, maybe somebody had also done it, but... Uh, uh, yeah, that track... That was cool. Yeah, him being in the non-seated, I believe, um, or maybe he was in the seated this week. No, actually, I don't think he was. But either way, that track is one of the few tracks... Uh, the, like outdoors, like we see, where the earlier practice sessions, that's why they mix up the factory guys and seated guys, because that track definitely has an advantage to it if you're one of the first guys out, and the, and the practice sessions gradually get rougher and rougher and rougher and harder to uh, to do stuff, and uh, that's why you'll see the lights times like Porcel's very competitive, if not faster, as yeah. you saw, than, than yeah. the 450 guys. So Yeah, I, I wasn't one of those guys running around a pit screaming about Porcel being the fastest overall time, because yep. that track changes. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time, big time. And for that matter, we, as we've discussed, on some rougher tracks, it's almost easier to hang it out on a 250F. We've gone over that a million times, even some of the outdoor tracks where you can, uh, 450, you kind of really have to temper yourself and, and your throttle hand. 250F, you can just bang it off the rev limiter and go and uh, really charge those bumps. And uh, I think even though they're under horsepower, they definitely can charge a lot harder than you can on a 450, big heavy 450. So. Uh, another, another cool part of the track that they changed this year, they put clay down on the start, so no more grass starts, ruts, uh, foot deep, and uh, basically the riders uh, turning their bikes around in the gate to get the uh, to get the grass going on the right. qualifier. Yeah, so they put a, they put a mound of clay underneath the start gate, and that was a great idea. Yep, yep I don't know I agree. why it I took agree. that long to uh, to come up with that, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know. And uh, Blake Baggett, another good ride for him. I'm going to write about him in my column tomorrow. But uh, man, that was awesome. Another that good ride for Blake awesome. Baggett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he he. We'll talk about that later uh, when I get to uh, Paul's podium. But he really impressed me. I think you know he impressed me last year. He impressed me at amateurs. You know, everybody was about Dean Wilson. No offense. Obviously, Dean Wilson is he beat him. So Dean Wilson's doing what Dean Wilson's supposed to do. But a lot of people overlook Blake Baggett, and he almost didn't even have a ride this year. A lot of teams overlooked him. He didn't get his Kawasaki deal with Mitch. He, you know, that went to Dean Wilson, and uh, Blake was on the on waivers. And uh, props to Canada and Rockstar Suzuki for picking him up, and he sure is showing what he's capable of. And uh, that track, as we talked about, so fast, and we'll talk about it later. What it takes to go fast for 15 laps versus fast for a few laps, and that's not a knock on the riders that didn't uh, hang with Purcell. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. And how about the lapping at Daytona? I noticed that. In the 450 main, Trey Kennard, third place, is lapping Michael Byrne, 12th place. You only get that at Daytona. Sometimes outdoors you'll see that, but that, to me, is bizarre when you get lapping that deep. And obviously we've seen Carmichael lap up to, what, fourth, fourth fifth yeah. place? Fourth yeah. at Daytona that year. Yeah. That was muddy. Tim Ferry got third, by the way, podium for Mathis. I remember so. that. He was the next guy to get lapped, actually. Well, yeah, no, 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 I, like, lapped. I like yeah. to think of like it was a long ways away from getting lapped, but whatever. Yeah, no, 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 but still, he. Uh, I remember that vividly. And the, the thing about Daytona, too, fast or not, the, the one thing that makes it very unique, like uh, like a Southwick or a Unadilla, is it's, it's obviously redundant to say that the lines change. The lines change within laps of each other. A hot line that was good early in the main 
is going to be really crappy midway through the main and then maybe come back to being a good line at the end of the main. It's bizarre how they have a smart rider will do well at that track because you have to change your lines multiple times throughout the main event. Yeah, and uh, actually I was surprised, and, and again, uh, I wrote about this uh, in my column, but uh, the, in practice, the outsides were equal to the insides in a lot of sections. You know, you can yeah. go outside and triple or an inside double or, or whatever. That, that's one of them. But, that uh, inside triple that Dungey was doing, not to interrupt you, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It got so rutted it wasn't fast anymore. Yeah. But yep. I, well, yep. what, what I was going to say was, in it, as the night show went on and as the main went on, if you watch the race, a lot of guys just stuck to the insides. The yep. insides ended up being faster. Uh, I don't know, because I think just in the race pace, guys are scared to go out there because you just never know. Yep. You're going to get parked by the dudes behind you or whatever. But in practice, I was trying to figure out, okay, which is the better line? And I swear, in the three corners or four corners that I was watching, it was pretty much dead even uh, as to what was the fastest line. But... Uh, uh, by the time the race came around, insides insides were faster. Yep. I think yep. um, you know guys could just get in that rut faster. Maybe you know it was a yep. deeper rut and easier to get into. I don't know. Well, and as we saw, some ruts got so deep, people were dragging footpads off them. All, all uh, Grant Langston. We hope our buddy is okay. Everything we've heard is okay. I mean that track claimed a lot of guys. Ivan, Brayton. Uh, I don't know what happened to Lawrence. Maybe you can tell me. I forgot to ask you about just, that. Just actually. crash in practice, and yep. uh, from what I understand, just wasn't feeling it. You know, yep. uh, he's yep. still coming back, and uh, Daytona is not a place for the timid or the uh, frail. Let's say. Yeah, exactly. So, well, uh, he had a good ride there last year, but, but uh, I mean, we're not going to we're not going to see GL. I think for a while. Yeah, it so, sounds like he's out for a while. Exactly. You know, Even though all he did was ring his bell, which I hate to say, I could kind of tell right away he was he was taking a little nap there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Well, I yeah. actually, uh, uh, Paul, I don't think uh, I think pretty much everybody called that one. Yeah, and I th- well, I, well, my point was I was pretty sure that was all it was. It seemed as if that he just rang his bell and he was going to be all right. And sure enough, from what I've uh, been told, that's all it was. So, uh, and my, my point being too is like J Law needs to. Uh, definitely step it up here with GL yeah. out you know with the team team needs it yep so. yep after his second place at Daytona last year hint hint yeah Although my email box is probably already full by now anyhow uh how about uh how about Wyndham a quiet ride to fourth very solid yeah he I was mean, good it he looked, was... looked like he might be struggling early in the main but charged to fourth at the end there yeah he was good uh and Millsaps was good I thought um yep Tommy Hahn, with his, ironically, his best finish of the year in a sixth, and only his third top ten of the year. If you had said that at the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people would have called BS that Tommy Hahn is only going to have three top tens, and his best being a sixth more than halfway through the series. It's just insane. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think also, too, uh, uh, Tommy Hahn needed that in a big way. He's had a couple of rough races since he missed that one, though he was sick. I believe he's gotten a 15th and a DNQ. Yep, since he missed yep. the one Anaheim three, I believe, with the flu flu like symptoms. So, um, yeah, it was. He's getting uh, there. An outdoor style race that suited his style, like uh, like a lot of guys. Uh, how about Kyle Chisholm? Second, solid second in his heat, almost won the thing mm-hmm. quietly. Eighth place on his home track, ninth in points. All of a sudden, missed a a one for uh, the final Germany there. round. I mean, Kyle was really riding well. Yeah. And second privateer now to Ivan, if you can call Ivan a privateer, which is another debate, which we are, of, of course. But if you really wanted to, uh, I mean, heck, could you call Kyle Chisholm a, a privateer? Getting a small salary is in a semifinal of the race is just like Ivan. But well, no salary. No salary on that one. Well, but, uh, but okay. yeah, I mean, <laughs> the definition of privateer, I mean, that's a whole other show. Yeah, no doubt yep. about it. A- exactly. I but mean, you'd have to go back as far as like a Jared Brown or Manuel Rivas to get it. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. what what team's Jared Brown on? Is he Wonder Warthog still? Uh, 
I believe he is, yeah. yeah. He's been doing good. Jared, and Reeves, yeah, both those Jared guys did well. well. I mean, they're 10th hanging in there on the points, and they're making names, so... Dude, the guy's got a name of Jared Jet Brown. I Jared mean, Jet good, Brown, Good God, right. how can you not be good, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I don't know if we've even touched on our guests tonight, by the way, uh, on the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Vine Villapoto, fresh off his win and fresh from me, come, going to his house and shooting a bunch of guns, will be on the show as well. Uh, the King, that's all I have in my phone, Paul, as The King. The King. Um, the King. Right. We got an action-packed show, as we talked about the to make up for last week. We want to get uh, yeah. Jeremy's unique, very unique perspective on what it's like to be in Ryan Dungey's shoes as a rookie leading the Supercross class. It's uh, yeah. going to be interesting to hear what Jeremy's got to say about the pressures and, and even the confidence that comes with that. So uh, looking forward to getting MC on the line. And, uh, yeah, how about Dungey? All of a sudden, you know, we didn't talk about it last week without the show, but all of a sudden he goes from tied in the points, tied in the points, flailing to, boom, 20-point lead. And even losing to Villapoto this week still has a 20-point lead. He just flip-flopped with Hill. Uh, Villapoto was 23 points down, so now game three, and now it's still a 20-point lead for Ryan Dungey. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's a long series still. A lot can yep. happen. And, yep. uh, but no doubt about it, those two are now separating themselves. Uh, Hill, Hill's crash and subsequent some uh, shaky rides have, have definitely hurt him and knocked him back. Yep, yep, that's for sure. That's... Uh, that's one of the things we'll talk about later, yeah, Josh Hill. And then how about uh, we'll also talk later in the question of the week when uh, when Stewart and Reed come back. Are we going to see are Dungey and, and Villapoto the new gold standard for speed and Supercross, or are they just winning because Stewart and Reed aren't there? Very interesting topic. What do you think about uh, uh, Reedy posting the fastest time? Uh, you know what? i got to admit, it surprised me a little bit, but at the same time, Reed is a stud. The guy goes very fast at Daytona. Let's not forget, he technically lives there, so it's like a hometown race. He knows the soil, familiar with that. And uh, for, for being considered such a supercross specialist, the guy wins there. He's not. He's definitely not slow at Daytona, so I guess I'm not that surprised. Right. Did you? Uh, I don't know if you happened to catch uh, Pulp MX this week at all, but I was out there all week, hence no show. That's right. And uh, uh, i got to say, Reedy got the track designer... Mark Barnett, the bomber, to build him pretty much obstacle for obstacle, three quarters of the Daytona track yeah, in his soil for yard. Soil. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Same, I mean, same, uh, same guy uh, build the track. Yeah, there so. was there was no uh, there was no um, run at it. Like there wasn't as wide and as long as you could normally have Daytona, but the obstacles were were similar. So it was cool to be out there. And uh, with Michael Byrne and with Brett Metcalf and Reedy riding, and uh, uh, cool to see them out there. And, and I mean, yeah, watching Reed was was insane. He he took well. They had that quad step up thing at his house that I was talking about earlier. Yep. It was a little smaller in Reed's house. He was over jumping the quad and landing on the next natural sand whoop. True. It was uh, it was insane. There's no doubt about it. So yeah. Speaking of Metcalf, let's jump to the 250 class real quick. How about him? You know he's been riding well. He gave Porcel a fits in the heat race, and let's not forget he's riding hurt. And uh, how ironic is it? We said that he might move up to the 450 class next year just by choice because for God's sakes he's been in the uh, the lights class forever. Uh, I'm yeah. a big fan and friend of Brett, but it's time for him to move up. I think he'll do well on the 450. But he doesn't have to. That's the ironic part. He's got three fresh years now since he didn't get 100 points last yeah. year. But uh, whereas Stroop and Card, these guys have to move up. But uh, Metcalf, I thought, rode really, really well. It would be interesting to see him fully healthy, what he can do. And uh, as you mentioned, boy, you're, how, how have we not talked about Dean Wilson, his first podium? 
Yeah, no, the uh, the Canadian. Canadian. The guy was falling. I mean, he was. he was really riding well. Well, I think Dino's got a style more outdoors-ish, for sure. Hanging, hanging up the back, a little ragged, yep. and... Uh, Daytona is the type of track that suits those kind of guys. Um, yeah, and we, we talked about how deep that class is. That you know, Getting a podium in that class is no cakewalk. You know that class is deep when, when Barca's fifth and Metcalf is seventh after challenging Porcel in his heat race. So yeah. uh, Darren Durham finally made a main event after two well. misses and got an eighth. Yeah. No. Showing what he can do. Matt Lemoyne, unfortunately, has missed two of three. Matt Lemoyne is national number 31, folks, and he's missed two of the three main events. That shows you how deep that class is. No, for sure. You want to bring in our next guest? Let's do it. Let's do it. Ryan Villapoto, the winner of the 2010 Daytona Supercross. Uh, let me just uh, bring him on here. Just dialing him up. Him up. He uh, he's very excited to come on the show. Uh, not really, but a gun story. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh he acted like he was excited to come on the show, but I don't think he really is. <laughs> I just made it happen, you know. That's right. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll uh, we'll check it out here. Um, what happened there, Paul? Did it not dial? No, it was dialing. It just took forever. Uh, poor well, more technical difficulties. We need we need like a phone check. I think. We need somebody to yeah, do the phone. Yeah, we can work on that. We can get my wife to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Let me uh, let me try this one again. We'll uh, we'll give him a shout here. While you're dialing, yeah. I want to talk about the uh, like I was saying about Porcel and how he was able to go. People challenged his speed early in the main, but the guy to hanging out that hard for 15 laps. That's the between uh, the haves and the have-nots, and that's no offense to Dean or Stroop. RV. Well, hey, what's up? It's Steve Mathis and Paul Lindsay on the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. How's it going? Oh, uh, pretty good. Just hanging out. Hanging out in Florida, huh? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Dude, uh, you won Daytona Supercross. Probably one of the ones as a kid that you've always wanted to win, huh? Uh, I don't know if I'd say it was one of the ones as a kid I wanted to win, but once I started racing pro, it's one that I've wanted to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely important. Um, talk about the race for you a little bit. Uh, looked, I mean, there's a restart. You grabbed both starts, and uh, I mean, you were the man. Talk about the race. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, we had, I had a, actually a, a, an okay start actually out of the gate, but Dungey actually walked up the front wheel, um, going first turn, kind of like Stewart did uh, last year, and he was able to stay up, but went kind of into hill, which made inside wide open. I just went in there. And Pulled the whole shot, and it was actually, well, the way we sat, since it was like fifth after watching it, and it's been better for the stayed that way on right, but uh, it was a bummer just pulling down, and we lined back up for another start. We, we both got a better start. I'm scared. Your cell phone's breaking up a little bit there, bud. Where are you at? You're in the middle of the woods? Yeah, I mean, I'm out in the well, Florida, all woods. Yeah, good point. No, I was just there, and uh, it really is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I used to think Reedy's property was in the middle of nowhere, but yours is truly in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, okay, so basically, uh, the, kind of the inside, you, you kind of, would you say you were able to tuck in on the inside a little bit? Those guys kind of overshot it? Yeah, that was the first start, but actually the second start, I came, uh, I think I kind of had it for a majority of the way down, and I just went inside, but um, 
you know, like Dungy, Dungy had a better start too the second time around. Yeah, how, how bummed were you when they red flagged that? I know you're always concerned about Grant and your competitors, but I know from experience that's extremely frustrating when you get out front and you're doing what you need to do and then you got to go back to the gate. Were you panicking? You looked really calm to me. Did you know you could get another good start or were you kind of like, oh, geez, that, that just blew it for me? Yeah, I mean, there's always, uh, it's racing, so anything can happen from, uh, you know, I mean, just to start, it's all, it's all on us, really. I mean, and it's, uh, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's tough to get a good start every single time, but just so many things play into, into getting a really good start. It's, uh, it's sometimes just difficult. Sometimes you're a little inconsistent. What'd you, uh, what'd you think of the track? Did you like it? Um, I mean, out of the times that I've rode the Daytona track, I haven't rode it too many times, but... Um, since the, the times I've rode it, that was the best track that I've I've ridden there. Interesting. Um, hey, uh, basically, I guess, what's your mindset being uh, being 20 points down? I mean, I guess you, you don't look at it like the championship chase. You just got to win every race. Is that kind of how you're taking it? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we have eight races left, and I'm 20 points down now. Um, I was 20 points down at the beginning of the season, and, you know, that kind of turned around pretty quickly within, I think, three races. Um, I saw, you know, I know it can be done. I mean, any one of us can make any mistake out there. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm just going to go out there, keep getting good starts, hopefully. And, and uh, I mean, the best case scenario would be for me, for me to win races, and then, you know, then I know that I'll, I can win the championship. But if that doesn't happen, um, you know, if it's try to get as many points as I can every weekend. Are you feeling like you, I mean, and I don't want this to come out, obviously, uh, as an arrogant statement for you, but do you feel like you have Dungy covered, all things being equal? Like you feel, it seems to me like you've been on quite the roll, and when things don't go bad, like, uh, for example, in Atlanta with dirt in your, uh, in your silencer, do you feel like things, like you've got it under control, like you can win as long as something doesn't go wrong? You know, I think... Uh, I think it was, I mean, the tracks have been so, I think, somewhat difficult this year with, like, the flat turns and and not being a typical supergrass track, so it's really hard to um, really separate us apart from doing anything different on the track. You know, we're all doing the same exact rhythm section. It just seems like, it's, I would say, like, when M, like MC and, and, and Reedy and all those guys raced back then, Ricky, like, you know, five, six years ago, that the tracks were a lot different I think a lot of that had, I think that was two-stroke days, too, where you had to hit everything perfect to clear a certain jump, and if it wasn't perfect, you couldn't clear it. And now you guys come around, and, I mean, basically you could seat bounce a triple, and you could stop at five foot four triple and still clear it. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I think that that has some, some, something to do with it, but just like, I mean, I'm going to say, like, at... Uh, that was Atlanta. Like we had, I think, the, I think we had two burns on the whole track. I mean, that's kind of unheard of for a supercross track. I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely tough and it makes it hard. But I mean, I thought we were racing supercross. I mean, I think everybody, I think everybody out there would would say that they they would like to see burns. You know. And you know what? I can't remember Ryan. Not to interrupt you, if that was you. Somebody asked last week on the podium, like, what happened all the ball turns? I think it was you. And unfortunately, I kind of got red-faced when they said it, if it was you, because I can tell you why. It was my guy as to why. Matt Gerke, 2005 at Indy, launched his bike 32 rows up, and clear channel, felled. 
said that's enough for the bullpens right there. So uh, just FYI, that's why. It's a, it's a full-on safety thing now, insurance regulations. Unfortunately, it happened. His throttle stuck, or his wrist stuck, actually. He got a little wrist lock. But uh, I feel your pain. I mean, that's uh, that's a frustration for sure to not have those bull turns, and it's kind of a flat turn. I mean, Atlanta was, was just awful, some of those flat turns. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can't, uh, I, I mean, I understand, I mean, for for uh, having uh, flat turns and for that safety reason, but, I mean, how long we've been racing Supercross, I mean, some things are going to happen sometimes. It's not like you're never going to see an accident on a motocross track, no matter if it was, was his fault or, the you know, the track's fault. I mean, we're racing motorcycles, you know, stuff's going to happen. I mean, that's, I have to agree with you. Yeah. that's what you're going to have to take with, with withholding a Supercross. You know, holding races inside of a stadium with fans that close to the to the track. Yep, yep, I agree. Maybe not after a quad, which was in this case, there was a big quad on the finish line, and he, he flat landed and his wrist locked, and that was just kind of a no-brainer. Why, why put a big bull corner that can launch into the stands right after the landing of a quad with you know 30 feet to get stopped? But some other areas, I think they could gradually put them back in. They sort of knee-jerk reacted and just said no more bull, no more bull turns heading towards the stands, but. I agree with you. Ryan, how much, how much does Dirtworks talk to you guys about that, or how much do you go over and talk to them about it, uh, and not even well, terms, just anything in general? Well, you know, it's actually kind of a bummer. I've said this once or twice so far this year. I said, um, you know, it's a real bummer. We don't have actual press conferences um, anymore because um, they really can't hear. I mean, because I know a lot of the, the media and um, – the fellow guys and, and like and Prater and those guys are there at the press conference. At least they hear what what's going on at, or what was said there. If they're not there, um, you know it's kind of hard to. I mean, I can go talk to the Dirtworks guys, but you know they're 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 someone above their head that tells yeah. them what to do. Really can't really can't do a whole lot, you know, with uh, with something like that. I mean, you can talk to the people that work the track, but you know, right. when it's not like we have all the time in the world at Supercross to just go track down, you know, the right person to talk to. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You're you're totally right. Hey, what'd you make of Reedy coming back uh, at the last minute? I saw your guys scrambling to put the bike together for him, and he goes out, sets the fastest time in practice, decides not to race. Uh, thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, I mean, he did come <laughs> back, come out, and he and he rode. I mean, he I mean, he rode good, obviously. Um, I mean, it was Chad Reed, I think. Uh, you know, any one of us that's you know that comes back, we're obviously you know you're gonna be pretty good right off the bat. We've been doing it for so long, and and it's just you know like uh, we know it like the back of our hand. You know, it's our, it's our motorcycle, so we've been riding that thing forever. Um, you know, I think he actually hurt his, his other thumb or something um, yeah. during the week or something like that. So um, yeah, he you know, I don't really know before. exactly what, what what was going on with that or what if that's why he didn't. Yeah. didn't race it. So I, I mean, I, I don't really know exactly why he didn't race it. He just didn't feel up to it or what. Right. Your, uh, your, your pseudo-teammate, Nick Way, had his best ride of the season. Must have been his two weeks spent with you, huh? It had to have been. Yeah. Definitely, uh, <laughs> I mean, it definitely helped him out a lot. I mean, I was just giving him all, my, all the tips I could. I saw that. When we came out there Monday, he was, uh, he was asking Timmy, like, hey, where's, where's RV got me? And Timmy's like, well, he's carrying a lot more speed than you. And he was like, really? <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, yeah, he is. Like, so Nick, I guess he went out there. Maybe he worked on that. I don't know. It was kind of funny, though. Like, he was like, really? And it was it was pretty noticeable. Like, on that section where you triple out before the long whoops. 
you know, like over yeah. that little triple thing, like he was kind of coming to a stop, and you were arcing the corner and you know hitting things pretty pretty quick. But anyways, it was it was funny. He uh, he couldn't believe it. So, and and now he's gone home. Yeah, he uh, he flew back after Daytona. He went uh, back home. Right, right. Hey, what? Uh, thanks for letting me shoot those guns. I was gnarly. Yeah, I want to hear this gun story that Steve did with you. I, I never supposedly, supposedly Mathis has never sh- shot a gun before. I've never shot a gun. That's God's <laughs> honest truth. I'm not a hunter. I've, I've, I mean, I've shot BB guns and pellet guns when I was a kid. I don't think that counts. So, I mean, what was the first one that I shot? What was that thing? Um, trying to think. I think you just. I think you shot a Colt 357. Is what it was. It looked like something the cops carry in movies, like just a smaller one. You know. Well, they normally carry. A, I mean, they normally carry a, like a Glock or or a HK, something like that. That was that was like that was basically like a revolver, kind of like a more uh-huh. of a Western style uh, gun. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, that was that was pretty cool. But then. The big get, the big gun, the dirty hairy gun. Again, what the hell is that thing for? Like that's gnarly. I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a the Smith and Wesson 500. Um, I think it's just for some. I guess some people are walking to a gun gun shop and see it and and, and like it. I guess. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what I did. I walked into the gun shop of home and I was like, you know, nobody. I mean, it's not really everybody has it. And I was like, all right, well, I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, can you actually, like, you, you're obviously a firearms expert, can you aim that thing and hit something? I mean, are you able to do that? I haven't really shot it a whole lot, but it, no, it, it, I mean, it is hard um, right. to, to aim with it, but I haven't really shot it a whole lot. We were actually shooting out there the other day, and uh, I did, I hit a golf ball with it, which was which really good. Oh, man. Yeah, That's I, hit gnarly. A, I hit a golf ball with it, which uh, probably about 25, it was probably anywhere from 25 to 50 yards, so wasn't wow. super far away, but... Um, that's pretty. Yeah, it is definitely hard to shoot. It's uh, definitely the hardest gun I have to shoot. I think with with guns, Steve. That's the general idea is to try to hit something. Yeah, like I missed the <laughs> I missed the water in the bottom of the pit with one shot. Like he's like hit yeah. shoot it into the water and I missed the water. Mathis, and Mathis, Nicole, Nicole, and uh, and Kristen shot that gun. I can't believe Nicole couldn't shoot that gun. There's no Nicole way. Nicole shot it. And Nicole shot it and Kristen oh, shot it. They were just trying it. Kristen's, Kristen's got a little guns on her, I think. But Nicole, there's not much there to, to LP, you know? Well, well, Kristen's got what? Kristen's got some guns on her, I think. Like, she she looks Mathis, like... Mathis said you got some guns. You know? <laughs> like, but there's not much to Nicole. I can't see how they could shoot that. Seriously. My hands were all numb and, and like, ringing and, like, oh, man, it was gnarly. Honestly. Well, I'm not going to say it wasn't gnarly, but it's not too bad. I guess they have that same gun, and a different manufacturer makes it without a muscle break, which is those holes off the end of the barrel. Uh-huh. And I guess it kicks way worse than that one. <laughs> I can't even imagine. How was, how was my form? Did I look all right? Yeah, you looked all right. I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen a gun, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, seen a lot, water. I've seen a lot of movies. Now, what size bullets are, are in that thing? What, what size bullets does that does that use? Because I was watching a Rambo movie the other day, and they used a 50 caliber machine gun, and the bullets looked the same. Is that true or no? No, 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 no. different. Oh. They're, yeah, they're, they're different. It's a uh, you get 50 cal is, is just uh, how big the bullet is. I think diameter wise, and and uh, 
but yeah, it's, you can get different shells for it. Like not for that, but each gun has a different shell for it, and, okay. and you get a different actual the actual bullet weighs a different. You can get a different weight of bullets. I like, you can go all the way from. I think in that five hundred, you can do. I think the lowest you can get was like 250 or something like that, and the heaviest you can get for it is 500 grains actual oh. bullet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, enough about guns. This isn't the uh, Smith and Wesson show. But uh, hey, talk about your new trainer. Um, you got you split ways with Jeff Spencer, picked up uh, Darren Stockton, and uh, him and I had a good conversation about training. Not so much with me, just training in general um, at one of the races. Uh, talk about Darren and, and how it's going with that, and how he's working you different. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, definitely. I'm gonna say that not working uh, a whole lot different. I think every trainer has a, a little bit way of of going about um, how they train. But we we train. I mean, I train pretty similar. They have, you know, Jeff's a really knowledgeable guy, and he stays up on top of um, the the next best, the greatest thing coming out. And uh, he's definitely uh, he's into that kind of stuff, and he's really good at what he does. But I kind of needed. Um, you know, I was coming back out here to Florida, and Jeff wasn't going to be able to come out here to Florida, and that was um, one of the big reasons why we decided just to part ways, and, and he totally understood, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we were good on that side of it, and uh, you know, looked with some different guys and decided to go with uh, go down the road with Darren, and, and uh, it's, I mean, it's definitely been working out um, good. I like him. I think we have a good program together so far, and... and uh, yeah, I think I think that things are working out for sure. All oh, right, on. Um, if anybody wants to call in and talk to Ryan, by the way, seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We've got we've got him for just a few more minutes here. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven to call in and talk to Ryan Villapoto and uh, actually ask him a question that's probably been on your mind forever. Um, hey, th- I know you. Uh, I know you're looking forward to Toronto and Canada, huh? That's what, I heard that was your favorite. Yeah, that place is just that just that place is just amazing. Just it's just like Seattle's dirt, the best dirt ever. Yeah, there you wow. go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hear a lot of guys say that. A lot of guys whine about that place. I've never raced. I mean, I had good luck. I've had good luck in Seattle, but I'm not going to say that that's the that's the greatest dirt to go to the best track out of. Yeah. <laughs> All new dirt. Oh, uh, a little hit the sarcasm there. I get it. Okay. Uh, yeah. All new dirt yeah. this year, though. I think it's going to be better, from my sources say. Uh, all new dirt. So, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's... Yeah, it's not going to be frozen when we get it, get there and have to bring it out a bunch of big, just big line clouds in the building. I've never raced it, actually. Right, but yeah, you've heard the here. stories. Um, well, let's, t- let's take a call here. Uh, motor... I will say that last year riding Daytona, that that darker like clay or that darker sandy stuff was really um, unpredictable and slippery. But it seemed like this year um, they either packed it down more or had definitely had more water in it because it was it definitely held its composure a lot better when you went into it with the bike. So it, I mean, it, it, I'll say it was less tackier for sure. But it was nothing like it was last year. You know, this year you could go into it and you could you could trust the dirt when you went into it. Interesting, interesting. I wonder what they did differently or what they just hauled in different clay or something. No, what, Matt, I mean, we're talking about the dark dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why was it so different from from years? I, 
Well, did, didn't you just hear what I was explaining? I said, obviously, they put more dirt and more water in it, or they packed it up. Come on, you got to stay on top of it. <laughs> Jesus. I've never really had the guests yell at me before. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, hey, I'm monitoring a lot of things here, all right? Take it easy. Uh, let's take another call. Hey, MotorWorldRacing.com, Moto Show. You're on the air with uh, Ryan Villapoto. Who's this? Hey, it's Matthew Nash. Great to hear from you. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing very well. Good. I'm, uh, I'm in the command center, as we say. Got a and, uh, Got a question for uh, RV? Yes, I do, definitely. I'm uh, interested to hear in regards to how, how normal is the track in comparison to what obviously he was seeing in comparison to a national track that we may have seen as, as fans and viewers, uh, and if there was two that were comparable that he saw within his eyes. As a, as a, real, as a real outdoor national track in your meeting? Yeah, exactly. In other words, I mean, you, Ryan, we know that the track was brutal. I mean, I saw you doing amazing things and, and jumping from one side to the other was tremendous. And um, in your words, in your, in your mind, what was going through your head after you reflect on it, what was, what was that track like in comparison to a national track that you rode recently? Um, well, I, I think um, me, I think the actual, if, if the outdoor sections you'd call it, was... Um, was pretty similar. I, I don't. It was. It definitely wasn't as rough as the outdoor track. But what makes it so? I guess look so rough, or it, it definitely tougher on us is that for for me, me. I don't know about any other teams or what they riders what they did to their bikes. But we go there because it is. It's basically outdoor splash supercross mm -hmm. um, with with supercross jumps and all the triples and everything like that. You can't really adjust your suspension to make it like an outdoor outdoor setting because the jumps are so big and steep and, and, and things like that. So you have to make it go there. I went there and took my supercross setting and that's where I ran. I, I think oh I adjusted um, suspension, front and rear, or actually just the front, um, just a couple clicks. Other than that, that's what I ran all year. Um, really? So that's what wow. makes it so, wow. makes it so, wow. so difficult wow. on us is because the suspension is so stiff and it just makes yep. it look like the track yep. is so brutal. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe you didn't change wow. your suspension. That's amazing. Not, I mean, a few clicks, but that's it. Wow. That's incredible. And again, it's, that's the beauty of this show is, is hearing it right from the horse's mouth. It's awesome. Second of all, RV, I know I speak for a lot of people, and I just want to end with this. Awesome job at Glen Helen last year. I mean, I was on, I mean, I live in Central New Jersey. I was flying off the couch going off on how hard you rode and how you gunned down the lessee. Legendary. Legendary. That goes in the Hall of Fame of, of the best rides, I think, ever in outdoor motocross. Oh, well, thank you. All right, Nash. Well, thanks for calling in, man. appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure. Hey, take, take, take a light. Nice job on the show, fellas. Lindsay Mathis, home run show. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, your uh, your Glen Helen ride was 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 sweet, and I'm sure being <clears throat> catching Michael Lessey was probably even sweeter. Um, have you got a chance to watch that Moto Show uh, on Fuel TV? Have you seen any of those? Um, well, they sent me the Fuel guys sent me the first two um, shows of it. I think is what they sent me. I got to see it, but I, I definitely love the part where where Tony Alessi was on there saying that. Um, that uh, I've I've never beat them ever as an amateur, and then he just kind of didn't. Yeah. He just the look, the look on his the look on his face was just he was wondering like what went wrong yeah. with the program and how I started beating them. And, uh, and four championships later, uh, they're they don't they haven't won one yet. Not to say that they they never they won't, but yeah. it's, it's just it's just kind of funny looking back on it. Uh, hey, 
Ryan, I got a quick question for you. Back to the, uh, the Daytona track conditions and the suspension and whatnot. More specifically, this probably is going to get me in trouble because, as you know, I'm from Colorado. Lakewood guy uh, and the whole lighting controversy up here. Musco Lighting does the lighting for Daytona, and I know it's a smaller area, and they've got a lot more lights. But compare, and like I said, I'm probably not going to like your answer. Compare the lighting at Daytona to Lakewood. Um, do you want my honest answer about Lakewood? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know where a lot of riders stand on it. I just, I have a different opinion, but then again, in all fairness, I'm not racing it, so go ahead, fire away. Tell, tell us the difference. Um, well, I say, I, okay, if you want difference between the two tracks, it definitely, um, Again, you get it's Musco Lighting. It's Musco Lighting, but it's a smaller area. So, the, I mean, all things should be equal because it's a professional company that knows how to light an area. But it, it, Daytona is a smaller area to light, no, but yeah, technically but it's, it's the same company it's, trying it's, to light an area and do it professionally. So, go ahead. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't care what company it is, what company it is, and, and what they do. They just to you to, to light up at Colorado. It, that place is huge. Now we're looking at Daytona. It's it's a fairly small area um, for there. And I know they have the, the the truck lights and they have the stadium lights off the off the top there. So that yeah. does help too. But it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's not a, a typical Supercross race where it's definitely really bright. It right. is dimmer. I'm gonna say it is dimmer. Um, but it seems when we go there, we don't have a problem riding. I think going back to nationals and saying that, you know, everybody says that nationals are supposed to be this hardcore sweat, blood, and tears, all this other stuff, is, is I would like to see it a day race again only because it's hot. I mean, I guess fans, you know, some fans don't like that it's super hot, but, yeah, it's hot. It makes it, you got to train to win an outdoor, especially there with the altitude sure. it kills you when you go up there. I'd rather see it a day race. And on top of that, with a night race like that, you can't, I mean, it, I'll say it too, it's like you can't run the track that being super rough because it, it's just it's unsafe to have it exactly. rough when it's, when, it's a, when it's dim out. And, you know, I, I personally like a, a rough track. Yeah, no, clearly. Uh, uh, no, good answer, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I want to, you never beat Michael Lessie as an amateur? Not even like once or twice or nothing? Really? Uh, no, I think I beat him one time. I think I beat him one, like, legitly one time straight up at um, Ponca City one time. Oh, okay. All right. So, I, I, I thought you guys were, I mean, I knew he got the better of you, but I figured you had snuck some wins in there. Um, but I, I don't want to call the amateur racers paying, amateur racing paying too much. And so now I think would be the time to do it. Just throwing that out there. Um, uh, hey, did you ha- get a chance to hear... Or did anybody tell you uh, the podcast I did with Jeff Stanton and his critical words for you? Did you? No. No, I didn't hear it. Let's hear it. All right, never mind. We'll move along. <laughs> no, just uh, I did a podcast with Jeff Stanton, and uh, I mean, he really teed off on, on Millsaps and yourself. And uh, uh, I like Jeff. He's, he's a great guy. I just wanted to know maybe what your thoughts are on some of the old guys, you know, calling younger riders out. He was basically saying, and it was kind of funny because you won that very weekend. So, you know, after criticizing you a little bit, you'd won that next weekend, so it was funny. But he was basically saying, you know, like, you can see that you didn't keep yourself in shape with your injury, and, you know, you needed to keep yourself in shape, and that's why you're struggling. Uh, but, again, you won that next weekend. So, 
I maybe wanted to get some words. Well, well, I mean, let's, uh, we can we can touch on that subject. I mean, this, um, you know, I think uh, for for doing what we do, and he he really, I mean, he can he can he knows too. Um, we're we're racing basically year round, and uh, and we really don't have any time off. Like this year, um, say everything goes as planned, and I don't get hurt this and that, and I make it to outdoors. What do we have like three like three weeks off? Yeah, um, that, and then the U.S. Open, you know. yeah, yeah. If that, you know what I mean. We have donations. Oh yeah, and, you know, yeah. It, it, I mean, you have donations, and then okay, if you're going to ride U.S. Open, which if you ride donations, normally you don't because it's like I don't know, ten days after. Um, maybe if you go do Europe races, I mean, it's pretty close after that. But regardless, you do those donations, and you take three weeks off, and you got to get back into riding the ride, and it's not like. Not like one of these jobs or other jobs that you can't take a little more time off. It's like we got to stay on top of what we do. And when I finally decided to get my knee fixed after, um, I don't know, it was, it was I had no ACL for I don't know eight years, six, seven, eight years, something like that. It was a long time. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna say I sat on the couch for a while. It was nice not to go to the not to go to the races and not have to do anything and yeah. and uh, and do that kind of thing. I and I, I I think uh, I was a little underprepared coming into the season. Um, you know, I was I hadn't raced in eight months. I did U.S. Open, but that was like a couple of days after getting on the bike. But um, I think that in the position where I'm at right now, I don't think it might. I would I would be sitting in a different position. I think it would have changed the beginning of the season for sure. Um, but I think right as of right now, I, I'm re- I, like I, I'm good. I think I just I basically raced myself into shape pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you did. And before, I, yeah. I, I mean, I feel I feel good. I feel like that that time off was was good for me. I think um, to make it a, a long career, you're going to need time off like that. And, and I'll say that I'm pumped on what you know what I did during that off season because that was uh, you know it was fun. If, if you don't if you don't do that, then uh, you know, retiring comes quick. Right, right, right. Um, well, cool. Uh, any other questions for him, uh, Paul? No, I'm good. We really appreciate you taking the time, Ryan, and it's been uh, it's been fun watching. It's nice to see you get back on track where you're supposed to be, and it's, uh, it's going to be a great rest of the season. And, of course, we've got the outdoors coming up, and uh, hopefully with any luck, everybody's healthy and uh, a great motocross to nations here on the home track at Lakewood, and uh, wish you the best for the rest of the season, and thanks again for coming on and taking some time time with us tonight. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Thank you. I know. Uh, I know you don't really like doing this stuff because you straight up told me that, and uh, so I was surprised that you answered the text. Addy, 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 we're just holding busting your balls. <laughs> That's a good point. You're right about that. Well, because I think I've I've done a few interviews with you, and I think you're about at a fifty percent text back rate. So I think it really depends on what you know. So you're fifty percent as far as uh, as getting back to me for interviews, but fifty percent isn't bad. For example, J Law is a zero right now with me. So, you know. yeah. Well, did you did you did you see that? Yeah, did you happen to see that I'm following you on Twitter? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> and uh, and for the record, you are actually twittering yourself. Kristen does a few, but uh, but you're a lot of them are you, right? For the record. Yeah, yeah. For the record, Nick Way. Um, <laughs> I do Twitter. Yeah. And, but I'm going to say that Kristen does Twitter too sometimes, but. Right. Well, I mean, how am I supposed to Twitter when I'm sitting on a line? Like, hey guys, I'm getting ready to get <laughs> getting ready to go rip right now. Like, how does that work? Dude, that'd be right. that'd be sweet if you could do it. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. 
No, uh, uh, thanks, man. Thanks for doing the, the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait to see you in Toronto this weekend. Maybe we'll go for some poutine, or maybe I'll take you around for some ketchup chips, you know, something Canadian don't, culture. Don't, I, don't, yeah, don't they, doesn't the Canadian guys drink, like, Keystone or something? Uh, the Bats, Molson. Um, I don't know about Keystone. There's that Kokanee. Kokanee's a uh, local favorite. Um, and maybe if you're in town early enough, we'll go to Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame together. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, you guys got lucky on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, me and Nick, me and Nick, me and Nick were watching that game. That was that was. I think you guys had the. I would think that definitely had the hometown judge on your side there. Well, I mean, the, you guys had the goalie. The USA really, really had a good, a, a great goalie. And uh, you know he's in line to win the best goalie of the of the league of the NHL. So uh, if it wasn't for your goalie, you bastards would have never made it that far. So just be yeah. thankful. <laughs> next year, next year, next Olympics. All right. Hey. Oh, hey. What about uh, some of the people in the chat room are talking about Aaron Bates talking to you on the line in Atlanta? Were you going to answer her, or were you not? Uh, I well, well, I I was going. I I was, I was going to answer okay. her. Obviously, if 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 my if we didn't, my bike wouldn't have started okay. that way. Right, um, right. Yeah, that was what I was wondering, was whether, because we never knew, you know what I mean? Your bike was ready, you jumped on it. I was wondering if you what you were going to do had your bike not fired. Yeah, no, it, yeah, if it wouldn't fire it up, then yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously I wouldn't have been going out there right then. Yeah. But, uh, but you're, okay, fired up, right? you're okay with that, with the announcer doing that right in the heat of the moment? Yeah, I mean, right. I guess I, I should say it. It doesn't really matter, but it probably would be best not to. But you can't. I mean, they got they got to get a story out of it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, with that, we'll we'll definitely let you go. Uh, thank you for doing the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Good luck the rest of the season, and uh, good luck this weekend in Toronto. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. See ya. All right. All right, good guest, uh, All right. RV. Wasn't sure how he was going to be, to be honest. Didn't know. If yeah, he was one of our longer guests ever. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he was very uh, open and uh, and he was on it. So let's uh, let's go to a commercial, yep. and uh, we will come back with uh, Jeremy McGrath on the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show right here on PulpMX.com. Thanks for listening. All right, Steve, let's talk a little bit about our buddies over at MotorWorldRacing.com, those fine folks that used to have that race team with me. You know, we won a few races along the way, and, you know, I got to know those guys, and all the way back from 1999 when they started their own race team and had their MotorWorldRacing.com site up and running. They've been pioneers in the dot-com commerce, if you will, and they've always seemed to have these great prices and great customer satisfaction. I don't know how they've pulled it off for this long, but they're definitely one of the premier sites, and now with this radio show, jump right back in the thick of things in the racing business. Yeah, it's great to have them on, and, and the title sponsor for this uh, moto show, uh, MotorWorldRacing.com, Brian Junkie, Glenn Boggy, owners down there, great guys, and uh, you get a little bit of a discount just for listening to this show. That's right. We offer our listeners exclusively, if you go to MotorWorldRacing.com right now, and you plug in the promo code MOTOSHOW at checkout, you're going to receive a special 10% off your entire order. 10% just for listening. Yeah, that's that's how we roll here, and that's how MotorWorldRacing.com rolls once again. Like I said, in all seriousness, they do have a wide selection of everything you need, and uh, again, great prices, great customer satisfaction. Go check it out, MotorWorldRacing.com. We wouldn't be here without them. 
X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Mike Alessi, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Back on the MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show, I'm your host Steve Mathis, and on the line with me is the other host, Paul Lindsay. Uh, Paul, you there? Yeah. And I, I, while we're at commercial break, I was checking my email. The good news is uh, I was flooded with uh, emails just in that short time. There's 20 or 30 emails. The bad news is, can you believe only two people have gotten it right? Wow. A lot of dungy guesses, which is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I told people we were going to dig too deep. I thought it was Dungy, too, until you dropped a hint earlier. Yeah, I really yeah. thought it was Dungy. But yeah. I'm not so sure you're right on the on the real answer. Seriously. Well, yeah, again, he, he started... Yeah, but he had abandoned it. He was done. Like, yeah, but technically he was an okay. active, hey, you're active the, you're the life. Right. You're, the tri- you're the trivia guy. It's uh, real. So. Right, we'll see. We'll see how many people get it right at this point. I, I, the funny part is I, there's weeks that I get people that say, hey, I listen to the podcast version from iTunes, I'm probably too late, and sometimes they're not, because sometimes people are stumped. I've, I've literally sent out prizes from people to listen on the podcast, so if you're listening on the podcast, and it's obviously, this would be Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, send it in, send in your answers, we'll see what we can do. Rockwell's really hooking us up with a lot of gift certificates, and uh, hopefully people, a lot more people are going to be rocking Rockwell's around the pit, so... With that, uh, what do you think? Get into our segments real quick before we get MC on the line? No, MC texts me. He's ready. So, he's ready now. Yeah, he's right. ready. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And uh, you guys can call in and ask MC a question. Uh, we're going to do rapid-fire questions, though. I want to get everybody on, but I don't want, uh, I don't want like, Paul. Paul doesn't want the guys to linger too long, and I'm with him on that for this one. So, uh, yep. 702-586-7857 if you want to talk to the king. And uh, let me bring him in. In my phone book, he is definitely just listed as the king, and that is it. So, uh, appropriately enough. Uh, we're looking at the album, I think. And Hello? MC, it's Steve Mathis and Paul Lindsay from the MotorWorldRacing.com show. Uh, we're live on the air. Thank you for joining us. Oh, what's up, guys? Good to be yeah, here. How are you doing, man? Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks, man. I mean, uh, uh, it's aw- it's awesome that you called and uh, you you said you'd do it, and uh, I have you on. It's just the king in my phone, by the way. That's it, just the king. <laughs> so the code name King. Yeah, I like it. yeah, yeah. So hey, what's been going on with Jeremy McGrath lately? What have you been up to? Uh, truck racing get going? Are you doing any of that? What's happening? Yeah, actually, shoot, I just got home. It's funny that you say that. I just got home from Vegas today. Right. I was uh, I was at my first truck race this weekend, so. Um, yeah, been doing a lot of that, or well, been testing a little bit, and then the first race was this weekend, and then uh, been riding moto, of course, still doing the testing and stuff for Honda, so yeah, yeah, staying busy. What uh, what's your take on Trey Kennard right now? He's been killing it, dude. Oh gosh, he's he's been impressive. It's really nice to see. Really nice to see. I bet Davey's not too happy about it, but yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm happy for Trey. <laughs> he's riding really well, and you know, a few weeks ago when when we put him out on the bike. And uh, gosh, I mean, he came around. He he came around quick. He was riding really well, and 
I just like Trey's approach, you know, he's a, he's a mellow kid, he's not reaching for too much right away, and uh, he knows there's a lot of work to be done, and, and got, I mean, he's been, I watched it, huh, Saturday, and man, he was writing well. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, did you, uh, when they were looking for somebody for Shorty's bike, did they ask you? Did what'd you think? Did they run it by you at all? I know you and Eric talk quite a bit. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that, or did it happen that way? Well, the opportunity for me to ride the bike never really came up, but I'm, I mean, I, I'm, it's past that for me. So I'm <laughs> glad they didn't ask because I might have got my head thinking about it again. And I, uh, although it would have been fun, it's just you know unrealistic, really. But uh, I got to, you know, Eric and I are good friends, and we talk all the time throughout the week. I mean, every week, pretty much, and we're doing the testing and all that. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was a little iffy, I guess, to put Trey on the bike because because of the uh, 250 lights championship. But um, I'm not sure there was any other guy that was maybe ready at, the, at that time. And, mm-hmm. and uh, what a better way for Trey to step up and get some time on the bike and get used to it and get ready for when he does step up, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Paul, you got anything for MC? No, I was just going to say I agree with you. I think it was a, a brilliant move. It was unfortunate that, that Shorty got hurt, but uh, I think it's worked out so far, knock on wood, perfect, because Trey does have to move up, and he is a young guy. He's a small guy, so to make that transition to the 450 class, uh, what better way to throw him in the deep end, I guess? I mean, he's going to have to do it next year, and he's showing that he's going to have what it takes to to run up front there, and like you said, we Steve and I were actually kind of stumped on if they were going to even replace Andrew, and uh, Trey seems to be the only logical choice. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, and, uh, you know, like you said, I never would have thought of that either, Jeremy, that, that maybe they ask you, what about uh, what about any overseas races? You and I had a chance to work together on that Italy deal that kind of went sideways, but what, are you got any plans to do any stuff like that in Australia again this year? Or Well, obviously... Uh, I'd like to work with you again, Paul, on that and return the favor. I mean, that was just a, gosh, I mean, that was, well, I have to apologize what for that again. But, what happened? Uh, well, what happened was, is, is Paul was courteous enough to call me and ask me, get me involved in the general race in Italy. And, right. Um, the crazy thing happened, I mean, Thanksgiving Day, I'm thinking, all right, everyone's going to be sitting down eating, which, I mean, we all wanted to be doing that. And uh, You're telling me. I yeah, I mean, I, I left for my flight four hours ahead to go to LAX, and I got on the freeway, and it took me, from down here in Carlsbad, it took me an hour and a half to get from my house, which is like 25 miles to San Clemente. Really? So, uh, I mean, it's just an unfortunate situation. I ended up missing the flight. And oh, got, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, and he had uh, just got, in all fairness, he had just gotten back from Australia when we asked him. It was a last-minute deal because... Uh, God, I can't remember who got hurt and couldn't go at the last minute. We asked you. Oh, it was Stuart. Remember, it was Stuart. Yeah, I guess it was Stuart. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that's right. Stuart bailed on us, so we got you at the last minute because uh, you had just gone down and done good in Australia, and I, I called you up. And then, uh, and, and, and in all fairness, for those people that are calling BS on the traffic thing, Jeremy has pretty much one of the most immaculate track records of being a professional in this sport on and off the track. So. We believed him, and uh, it was an unfortunate deal, like he said. And the people, the fans in Italy would love to see you back over there. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch. We'll see what we can do on that one. Yeah. MC, yeah. MC yeah, yeah. you can still draw. Hey, Paul, MC still draws everywhere he goes, huh? Oh, like, for sure. Like the Italian promoter probably <laughs> thought about it for like half a second when you were like, hey, how about Jeremy McGrath? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, uh, how about Jeremy McGrath? Uh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yep, yep. We were all through the list, and I threw his name out, and they didn't even hesitate. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, we were. Hey, I, I'm just. Hey, I'm just happy I'm still on the list. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, even uh, if it's hey, even if it's the B list, the C list, the D list, any of the list. Yeah, no, you're you're on the list. Uh, I don't want to come across as too big of an ass kisser, but you're on the list. Uh, how'd the truck race go for you? How'd you do? How was it? Oh man, man, things were starting out so good. We. Um, <laughs> With, here, let me just explain something. With, with truck racing, it's it's not like bikes. You don't hardly get any practice. I mean, these, these things are two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So, I mean, to have a spare truck to go practice, equipment, six, uh, three, four, or five guys to go help you practice, and then you beat the crap out of thing. And, and <laughs> more than often, more times than not, the thing breaks. Right. So anyway, um, this weekend it was kind of a last minute thing because. Uh, Last year I raced a series called the Torque Series. Uh, there's two different off-road series, which is unfortunate because there was a series a few years ago called the Core. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy went BK at Core. Lucas Oil off-road series came about because of that, and then so did this other series called Torque. Now, Monsters partners in the Monster Energy drink is partners in the Torque Series, so I raced the Torque Series all last year, um, and then the Lucas was the other series. Now. This weekend was a Lucas Oil, first Lucas Oil off-road series, and gosh, like, uh, I mean, literally like five days ago, I had no idea I was racing. <laughs> Fortunately, my truck was ready, and uh, I actually flew to Park City with my family to Utah. We were going for a ski trip for a week. I was supposed to come back today from there, and uh, I flew on Monday, got there Monday. Tuesday, I got the call, like, hey, we're racing to Vegas. Thursday, I flew to Vegas, so oh. I ended up having to cut the family trip, but, I mean, at least I wasn't going home to uh, do something that really sucked, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. the, the, I was I was pumped to be racing, and so anyways, um, through the winter here, we cut the back of the truck off, got a whole new suspension package for the back, trying to get more grip out of the corners, and uh, gosh, the thing is awesome. We did a few tests. I, I was ready to race. I just didn't know we were going to race so soon. Um, Thursday practice was fast, was second quick. There was 31 trucks, I was second quick. Um, Friday, uh, Friday I was fastest in practice by, uh, about a second and a half a lap. Wow. Uh, qualified on pole later Friday afternoon. And, uh, so they, uh, they inverted two rows, so I started fourth. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my little short truck racing career, uh, I feel like, all right, now I have the equipment to do it. I'm driving good enough. I've got enough experience. Now I can compete and go for the win. Um, but obviously, as we know, as we all know, you can't uh, win the race on the third lap. So <laughs> I, I get out there, and I'm, I'm just getting a little impatient, and uh, I ended up running into a guy. I dove it down the inside. It was a little wet still. He turned down on me. I hit the brakes, slid into him, broke my front tire rod. So I was out for Saturday's race, which I was really disappointed for the team. I mean, Johnny Greaves and the Monster Energy team and, and Toyota the guys and all those guys, I mean, everyone's been great. And I was super frustrated. Uh, and then we had a little rain on Saturday night. So Sunday's race, Sunday's practice and qualifying was canceled. So guess where Jeremy had to start? <laughs> I had to start in 24. Yeah. Okay, so... I started 24th, and by halfway I was 10th, and by the finish I was almost in third. I ended up finishing fourth. So I, wow. I passed 21 trucks, 
Nice. And uh, was really happy with my race. It went, went well. Right. And uh, really looking forward to the next race. It's like five weeks away, so <laughs> I'm pretty wow. pumped, pretty pumped. I wish, wow. wish it was tomorrow because I'm ready. Unlike motocross, equipment is everything. And, I mean, obviously you have, you, know, and you have some talent, but it sounds like you have the truck to, to win, like you have the package. Yeah, our package is really good. I mean, uh, up to this point, it's been a big, steep learning curve for me. And my truck's been really good. And I'm honestly, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to drive one of these things. But uh, the truck's been good. But, but now we we made big changes to the rear suspension to get more grip. And um, so, yeah, it's obviously working. And I just can't wait to wait to race again. So. Is, there any but, money, is there any money in that for you guys? Like, I mean, is there... Well, there's some purse money. I mean, there's there's definitely, I think, um, to win the class, it's probably about the same as it is to win a Supercross. Oh, okay, all right. So uh, yeah. As far as, far yeah. as from AMA, it's probably yeah. like six or 8000 whatever that is. So, I mean, there's, there's some money in there, but um, for me, you know, it's not like I'm pulling down a huge driver's salary or anything. Yeah, yeah. A lot different. It's a lot different in that way than motocross is, but just happen to have responsibility. You know, to, to, to get the blood boiling yeah. again, to get out there and race and just bang it up with with guys like, I mean, RJ's out there basically, I mean, that's my hero, you know, so <laughs> yeah, we get out there and mix it up with him, and, and uh, there's so many great drivers, so that stuff has been really fun, obviously, like I said, it's a super steep learning curve, but yeah. I'm figuring it out, I think I'm, I'm, I'm on the horizon of, of getting my first win, so we'll see what happens here shortly. Oh, oh, cool. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's shift gears to the, uh, to the Supercross race, we've been, as you know, we've been wanting to have you on for a while now, because... We, we want your take, as always, uh, as a former champ and uh, the best ever to, you know, what's going on in the series this year. And more specifically, I think a lot of fans want to know, and I want to know, what is it like to be in Ryan Dungey's shoes leading the championship as a rookie, and what kind of pressure comes with that? Or is it a full, I mean, obviously it's a double-edged sword. There's pressure, but there's confidence that comes with it as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm really happy for Ryan. He's, he's riding really well, and, you know, it's, it seems so far that uh, when he's in a situation where um, maybe he knows that he's not the best guy on the night, he's really patient, he takes his time, he's, uh, he's okay with getting a second, getting a third, whatever it takes. Uh, where we've seen Ryan go photo already, makes some huge mistakes, you know, when he's getting in the position to, to make some valuable points. He's like two weeks ago in, what was that, Atlanta? He crashed pretty hard. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I think... Ryan's showing that he's really patient. He's shown maturity for sure. Obviously, uh, with with Stewart and Reed out of there, uh, Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Dungey, Josh Hill, uh, even Davey popped up there a little bit. It's a bummer for Shorty that he's not out there, but these guys are really getting time to gain some valuable confidence without the two guys there that were supposed to win. Yep. So I feel like it's... Uh, I feel like with these guys getting the confidence that these two guys that are out of the series right now might have another something coming for them when they get back. Wow, that was actually one of my questions. That was yeah. one of mine as well. Yeah. All things equal, do you think Reed and Stewart are getting beat right now if they're healthy? Well, from what we saw in the beginning of the year, I think Reed's getting beat for sure. Yeah. Um, Stewart, we all know... He's incredible, but uh, I, I think still he probably is superior a little bit to these guys, but um, especially if he gets a start. He's so light and fast in the first few laps. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to watch.
watch because, like I said, I don't in any other situation with those guys in the race, like the guys like Trey, the guys like Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Dungey, all those guys, they they would not be able to gain the confidence that they're gaining right now. And we all know what happens when you win a few races and you just feel like you can do it all of a sudden. Then it's, mm-hmm. there's just no slowing you down. So, uh, I mean, we've all kind of been waiting for someone to battle with James Stewart even in the last year and a half. And um, so I, I think these kids can do it. I think they're winding up for it. I know, I know they got... I know that they're thinking about their championship and what they're doing out there now, but I also know that in the back of their head, they're trying to figure out what's going to happen when these two guys come back. Right. Now, uh, he's hit a little bit of a rough patch lately, but uh, early on the talk was Josh Hill and what he's done. And, of course, uh, you know Larry Brooks well as manager. I worked for Larry as a mechanic uh, back in the day when you were moonlighting as just a Supergrass-only guy. Did Hill's success surprise you, or did you just chalk it up to a Brooks factor slash a kid on his last chance? Well, I think Hill's success this year is really surprising everybody. Uh, you know, that he, he made probably one of the biggest turnarounds you could possibly make in, in, in a career of motocross and supercross. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with respect to, to him as a rider, he really buckled down and... and started figuring out what he really wanted out of this thing. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that it only lasted like three or four rounds, and then now he's having having trouble again. Now, I'm not sure, but I think he got, he's kind of bruised and banged up over yeah, a couple crashes, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, but I'm, I'm really impressed with the way he's riding. This weekend, I, I saw him, I watched it on TV, he, he faded pretty bad, so he must be pretty sore, but yeah. um, I, I'm... You know, Larry's a great manager, a great friend of mine. We've, we've been buds for a long, long time, just like you, Steve. And uh, you, you know that guy can fire you up. So Yeah, yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely. And he always they, likes to, like with you, he probably didn't work his magic that much. but he all, or, or with Stewart. But he always takes the guy like a Lampson or a Ferry or Button and really works with the guy, the secondary rider. Do you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, 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 he, he elevates sure. them up. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. He he he's a really awesome motivator, and he really helps build that self confidence and getting those guys going. And and uh, I mean, look over the past when I was there, Timmy was riding great, Button was riding great, Lampson was riding great. I mean, uh, it's almost like a probably a, a you know some fresh air for the secondary rider because he knows the lead guy can kind of handle it on his own and then the secondary rider gets all the attention which is awesome it's how it should be he's trying to get both your guys up there and mm-hmm. Larry's doing a phenomenal job they got a great setup over there it's uh, obviously unfortunate for him that that uh, James is out but you know I've been through that same situation with the broken wrist and all that stuff but right. yeah it'd be interesting to see if Phil can get back up there I, I, I don't know how he none of us really know when his, his confidence gets a little rattled because right now he's fading back to, you know, whatever because he's hurt a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see if he can get that confidence back. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, hey, we had Ryan Villapoto on earlier, and he was talking about uh, uh, the tracks this year, and he, he mentioned that in your day it seemed like the tracks were better. Um, you know, obstacles gave you guys more trouble. There was more rhythms to do, more different things. You know, there was berms. Uh, another rider mentioned that to me too. I think it was Reed 
somebody recently mentioned to me the same thing about how gnarly the whoops were back in your day and how they really, really separated the guys. Uh, thoughts on that uh, from watching the races? What, what do you think about the tracks in 2010? Well, I've been paying close attention. I mean, of course, I went to all the Anaheims and stuff, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's hard to say. You know, a lot of us have kind of come to the conclusion that the 450 has really changed the way. The 450 almost makes the stadium floor size too small. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of wild to even think that, but I, I don't I don't think the tracks have been... They definitely haven't been very flowing. Some of them, some of them have been okay for racing, but a lot of them have been kind of. I didn't think. I don't think they've been very good. Uh, but I mean, you know, we always try to compare stuff to back in the old days. And right. I mean, I'm sure if those guys rode our tracks now, like how it was in the '90s or whatever, they'd probably just laugh. It probably seemed flat to them, but. Uh, yeah, the bike, yeah, it, it was nice to see them mix it up. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, hey, you want to take some calls? we got some people on hold. Fans want to ask a question. Motorworldracing.com, Moto Show, you're on the air with uh, Jeremy McGrath. Who's this? Yeah, it's Nash again. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, big fan and, and appreciate you taking some time to talk to everybody uh, who's a fan of yours and a fan of the show. Uh had some, some interesting questions in regards to the riders that you're mentoring. Uh, who have you recently, whether it's presently or even within the past couple of years, uh, I'm sure all the guys that you worked with at Honda work well with you, but who's really come under your wing and you take a liking to? I've, you, I've heard you mention Shorty and you quick. Is, is, there, is it just him or are there other riders that you're working well with? Well, you know what? I, first of all, I want to say that I'm out there, I'm available. My, my whole role at Honda is really not to be a coach. All I'm there, I am there to test the bike, and that's what I do. I love helping these guys and, and uh, enjoy seeing the success out of that. I know that uh, lately, the guys I've been working with, I work, I've been working with Trey. A lot of the guys want help with starts, which is funny because... Really, I can't. I can't really teach these guys anything on the track. I mean, oh, give me a break! Now, now, Come on. Yeah, I mean, oh. nowadays I'm just a little bit too slow for that. But <laughs> you know, I, I I can obviously look and go, look, maybe try this, try this, whatever. But uh, I've been working lately with uh, Will Hahn was out there with me. We were doing starts with him. He's on the Trey Honda team. Those guys ride at the track. Uh, I was working with Trey when Trey moved up to the 450 about a month, well, a month ago before he raced. I was working with him on starts also. Um, so, you know, I mean, Shorty is one of my favorites. You know, Short, Andrew is a, the nicest guy in the world, and it's just, it's a bummer to see someone with such determination that just can't get the brakes and can't, you know, he's just right there, and he just can't grab it. And, you know, it's, pro it's nothing due to him. It's just the fact that, you know, there's so many fast guys out there, mm -hmm. and uh, it's hard to break into that role. But uh, Andrew's great. I mean, the guys on Honda these days are really good. I mean, Davey, we've had to calm down Davey a little bit, kind of retrain the way he's thinking about stuff. He, he was really struggling in the beginning of the year and just didn't know what was going on. And, and obviously all of us didn't know what was going on. So uh, he's sort of kind of start to figure, starting to gain that confidence back. And um, I, I, 
I mean, I like all the guys. If I didn't like them, I wouldn't help them. And uh, everyone at Honda, even the support teams and factory connection teams, we all we all get along really well. Good, good answer. Let's take another call. MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. Uh, you're on the air with Jeremy McGrath. Who's this? This is Uncle Shiner. Uncle Shiner, uh, what's going on? Uh, you have a question for MC? Of course, man. Hey, MC, I was wondering if you had any input on uh, if Dungie and Villapoto could carry over their success this Supercross season into next season, and as well, uh, if you have anything going on besides uh, the motocross industry and, and racing cars. Well, we um, t- yeah, we touched on that a little bit about uh, uh, MC definitely thinks those guys can can handle uh, stepping up, right? In the next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, I definitely think Ryan, uh, both Ryan's for that matter, I mean, they're both developing really well, just as they should. Uh, they're both proving that they can handle it. Um, I think the good thing for us as fans is we have two guys that are going to race each other for a long, long time, and uh, let's hope that one doesn't dominate the other. It's funny for me to say that, obviously, but one doesn't dominate the other. I hope they battle for a long, long time. Um, yeah, says the man who won 72 of them going away. Yeah. The king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, as a, as a fan, I mean, I'm still a huge motorcycle enthusiast. That's what I love. But as a fan, I don't want to see what I did to everybody. <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, so I think, you know, I think those guys that can handle it, I think they're good. I think they're ready, and they're going to have a long, long history of success for sure. And outside of motocross, you got uh, anything else going on? Yeah, outside of motocross, I just, you know, I still enjoy to ride. That's what I do. I mean, my main thing is I'm riding. I'm pretty much riding every week, every other week, probably every week. Uh, I'm doing the testing for Honda, which I am so fortunate to have that position, but I really believe that I'm helping these guys. You know, Andrew and Davey don't really have time to go out and set up the bike and run through all the parts that, you know, it just becomes kind of monotonous. And those guys are trying to figure out how to get their 20-lap races faster. And um, I feel like I've been able to help them with their success on the bike. And um, other than that, just doing some truck racing to keep myself busy. Um, My kids are 2 and 4 already, and they're growing up fast. And so I'm trying to spend as much time around the house and... uh, as I can and not travel as much and ride my mountain bike and just kind of do a lot of fun stuff. Fortunately, I, I don't have to go to a 9-to-5 job, at least yet. So. <laughs> That's good, thing. good to hear you're still hardcore, man. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you've got a you've got a you've got a nice life from from all your racing and all your victories. No doubt about it. MotorWorldRacing.com yeah. Moto Show. You're on the air with McGrath. Uh, who's this? Hey, this is Brad. It's uh, Titan MX on the board. Hey, what's up, Brad? Uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening. And uh, do you have a question for MC? I do. I do. I just want to uh, thank you guys for having the show. It's uh, great to listen to every night, every Monday night. But uh, MC, my question for you is. Uh, you gonna have any part in the uh, the Powder Mountain Motocross again this year? Is that gonna be a uh, an honorable event? Um, yeah, of course I am. That was a great Monster Energy sponsored event. Uh, I love, as you guys know, anyone that's kind of known me or followed me through my career really know that I love uh, being sort of a pioneer in stuff. And uh, Powder Mountain MX this year was a huge success. Uh, track yeah, looks sweet. Fun. The track looked awesome. It, yeah, it, it was really fun. Fast. Really, really fun. Really fun. So, yeah, I plan on being involved. Now, great, great. Was there any truth that Pingree beat you? 
No. Okay. All right. <laughs> he, he, he mentioned yeah. something about that to me, and I was like, I don't think you really beat him. And he's like, you got to watch the video, and I never did. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a little onboard camera. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. But, well, cool. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. You're on the air with Jeremy McGrath. Uh, who's this? Me, Randy. Hey, what's up, Randy? Thanks for listening. Do you have a question for MC? Yeah, I was just wondering if he would reflect back in his career, back towards the end of it, if there was as much Carmichael and his coming onto the scene that kind of pushed Jeremy down, or if it was more or less uh, kind of the, the trauma of what happened to his good buddy and stablemate, Jimmy Button. It kind of put a shadow in the doubt, you know, shadow of doubt into what he was doing out there and whether he needed to, to continue proving, you know, what he was winning on the line week after week racing. Good question. Good question. Thanks for, uh, thanks yeah. for calling. What's up, Randy? Um, to tell you the truth, that uh, accident and stuff that happened to Jimmy at the time was just devastating. But, you know, we're all... We're all racers, and, and uh, as much as that hurt, I had to get out there and knock the dust off, you know, and just kind of keep putting my head down. Now, uh, as far as as far as Carmichael sort of dethroning me when when all that happened, um, you know, Ricky was he was coming on and coming on strong, so there's no denying that. I think uh, in the year 2000, no, 2001 when he beat me that year when I won I think I won Anaheim yeah you guys swapped wins Anaheim. right yeah you went like yeah we sw we swapped wins and then that year that he just beat that that basically the third race I think of the series when he finally he beat me basically straight up mm -hmm. um that that was just that was all him I mean I had nothing for him but however I can say that before that season I didn't for once think that Ricky Carmichael was going to be the guy he was that year so I probably, the combination of him building confidence and, and riding phenomenal and me probably not taking him as serious as I should have was a combination for me to get, you know, get beat. And, uh, you know, Ricky, as we all know now, is a great champion, won a lot of races. And uh, for me, that, it wasn't as devastating as it may have seemed. I mean, I had a 10-year lock on that whole thing and, it, you know, when it finally happened, I was sort of almost like, okay, now the next step is to figure out when I'm going to retire, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I, I was, as much as it hurt, I was sort of okay with it, you know? Well, and also, too, like, the year before, RC was still a little tubby, still a little ragged. Do you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't quite, he showed up the next year all ripped and on fire in Supercross. So, you can kind of see yeah. what, you, what you were thinking back then oh yeah I mean it was really unexpected and and he did a phenomenal job of, of staying at home staying putting the hard work in and doing all that stuff and you know I was as ready as maybe as I'd ever been but not ready for someone that's been working like that right and uh, had I been had I been a little younger and not had seven titles and not you know all that stuff I would have been like okay well alright it's on now yeah. so, <laughs> I mean I, I as you guys know I went crazy for 2002 season and trained my butt off and I just I got so light and so crazy with it that I it just injured myself so 2002 was a wreck also so um, you know Ricky Ricky just once he like I said earlier in the show once you get that confidence it's hard to break that back down 
Yeah, you really had broke, but like in the middle of your run or whatever, when you were in the lead at, at 10 laps, it was over. Do you know what I mean? Nobody, like nobody challenged you because just nobody could. But you, you had broken them all mentally, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, they all gave up. They yeah. all gave up. Did you guys, you guys watch the Four Legends show last weekend? Yep. I did yeah, not. Did you guys no. watch that? I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was pretty yeah. funny. You know, I never, I, I never have heard it like this, but, but Emig was on there, of course, and he was talking about me, and it was, it was funny what he said. He, he said, uh, you guys don't understand what it was like living each week trying to beat this guy. <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was the funniest thing, you know, and, and I felt... I felt the same way when Carmichael started beating me. I'm like, I, you know, I couldn't believe it was happening for one. But then again, it was like every week. I'm like, dang, man. So I, I definitely got a taste of what I was doing to everybody else. Well, and when you know, you know. I mean, deep down in your yeah. heart, you know when a guy like Stewart, when he's on, I think most people know they're just not going to touch him. Oh, yeah. True. I mean, it's yeah. just as simple as that. You can try as hard as you want, shorty, whoever, but they just know. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, even, even if they raise them hard for a few laps, they just know. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, once I found out the four legends didn't involve Tim Ferry, I boycotted it. So that's, <laughs> I, I was uh, I was out of that one. But no, I need to see it definitely. Uh, um, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. Uh, it, one question I have for you before we let you go, and Paul will get another shot too. To think of a question. Um, what would you change about Supercross in 2010 if you could? If you were the uh, the king of, well, you are the king of Supercross, but if you were the czar of Supercross, what, what would you like to see changed? Some people talk about, you know, pulling them over in 10 laps and starting them over. People talk about the tracks, uh, the bikes. Uh, your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, it's it's a shame when, when we're all sitting around trying to figure out what we would change to make the racing better. <laughs> I don't think there was a problem with, with the racing when you had everyone on 252 strokes. Uh, I think the the unfortunate thing is they made a call. I Trust me, I love the 450s. They're awesome. Uh, I mean, riding a 252-stroke these days, I have one at my house, factory one, and I take it out occasionally at a supercross track, and it's hilarious because <laughs> I'm like, how the heck did I ride this thing? But honestly, if you put everyone on bikes out there that you had trouble making some of these obstacles, you would have a lot more racing. And... uh these guys, like, they can ride around the track and just go to sleep, you know? They jump all the jumps, they just turn, hit triples out of corners. I mean, these 450s can jump so far and jump anything that uh, it just, it sort of leads to everyone following each other. Well, but that gets back to what I was about earlier with, the, with yeah. the whoops. You guys had to work. You had to have talent to get through those whoops. Not saying these guys aren't talented, but when a privateer... Yeah can skim a set of whoops because of a 450 or the way it's set up or the, the you know, advance in technology and suspension, yeah. you guys really had to manhandle the bike to get through whoops. And think about, going, think about Bob Hanna on a 76 oh uh, YZ250 yeah. going through a set of your whoops. I mean, yeah. it's just progression. No, I mean, yeah. And, and hey, we, we all love technology. I mean, it's awesome. But, yeah. I mean, at some point you got to like go, okay, let's, let's make a race better. Obviously, I know we're not bringing back the two-stroke, but... <laughs> What, what what could we do if I was the czar of Supercross like what could we do to make this stuff better I don't even know you know it it sucks when you're looking for a way to to slow down the very best guy in the world you know I mean if James Stewart was running away with it like he did last year uh, all of a sudden 
everyone's trying to figure out how to get the slower guy closer to him. Yeah. And that's a little bit unfair. I mean, if the guy's the best, then he deserves to be out in front and be the best for as long as he can be the best. Yeah. And uh, you guys all know that if we put the best guys in the world on a flat track with a couple singles in it, James Stewart would still come out on top most of the time. Yep. So, up, up, up. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just the fact of life. So yeah. that's, that's the way I see it. We're right on. Yeah, well said. Uh, Paul, any more questions for... Uh, no, shoot, we could go on all night with, uh, yeah, with a yeah. guest like this, but no, we're, we're running late, and we appreciate you coming on, Jeremy, as always. And, uh, uh, yeah, thank we'll, you. Yeah, yeah still, uh, still one of the most talked-about podcasts that uh, I get was the one we did together. People loved it, got a lot of license, and uh, people want to hear what you have to say, no matter how old you are or what you're doing, MC. It's just a testament yeah. to... Uh, how you treated people, I think, when you raced, and how you, uh, you know, how you held yourself together. So, yeah, thanks. It's you know, it's. Uh, I mean, I had a great career, and I'm so fortunate of that. And it's been fun having so many friends, and and obviously so many fans. Uh, it's it's fun to still be involved, and and have guys, you know, friends of mine like Paul call me, hey, let's go do some racing, and uh, you know, the, the European stuff's been really fun. I mean. At 38, to still be pounding away a little bit when I want to, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for the life that my motorcycle has given me. And um, I'm not going to slow down anytime soon. As long as I can keep riding that thing, we'll be, we'll be talking. Right on. All right. Good to hear, man. Well, thank you for coming on the MotorWorldRacing.com. MotorWorld, guys, you're very familiar with. Um, coming oh, on yeah. MotorWorldRacing.com Moto Show. We appreciate McGrath. Uh, Always a pleasure, and uh, probably see you down the road somewhere, huh? Yeah, I'll see you guys soon. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you guys at a race soon. I'll figure out if I'm gonna go to Vegas or what. Yeah, Maybe Utah. you gotta go to we'll Vegas. See, but, yeah, I was just there. Fortunately, I was north north Las Vegas. Yeah, you, you guys were at. Uh, you got you raced at State Line, right? At Prim. Uh, no, actually, you know what? Oh, we, the speedway. Now the Lucas. Yeah, the Lucas mm. Series now is in the exact spot. That the big amateur race World Mini was. That's right. Uh, that's right. So now the World the World Mini is moving to a different spot, and we now have that spot for our oh. truck track. So, hey, and and the, uh, NASC the NASCAR was in town too. That must have been insane. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they were they were a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Oh, they were. We, oh, just, okay. we were just buying them. All right. Well. But yeah. But anyways, it's uh, it's all good, man. Things are good over here on my side of town, and just enjoying what I'm doing, having a great time, and uh, like I said, just. Happy to still be involved and still be enjoying my motorcycle. And you know, I always told myself when I retired that I didn't want to retire at the point where I hated my motorcycle. And fortunately, uh, that came true for me. I, I still love my motorcycle just as much as I ever had. And obviously, I wish I was 15 years younger and still out there doing it. But but uh, I'm enjoying life and having fun. So it's good to be uh, be talking to you guys. And thanks to all you fans out there for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be seeing you soon. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you. All right, Jeremy. All right, guys. Thank you. See ya. Hey, Paul. Yep. I just want to play this real quick. <laughs> for all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> fitting. 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 Uh, I notice he said that he didn't want to hate his motorcycle because um, he got back on a Honda from the KTM. <laughs> <laughs> if he had left his career on the KTM, yeah, he would it might have been a different story. And I can't think of a more fitting, just reward for a champion like that to go out right off into the sunset the way he has and yeah. still love his motorcycle. So, so, so that's great. Let me ask you this. So, so you hooked him up for Italy. 
What's the king pulling down in start money? Uh, oh, uh, is it? Is it? Uh, well, I don't. You don't need to give us an exact figure. Yep. Would it yep. be between twenty and thirty? Uh, I would say I'll just tell you it's substantially higher, and he still does extremely well. Really? Yep. For the king at thirty-eight. Yep. Substantially higher. Yeah, well, keep in mind, everybody's higher these days. So. Uh, I don't know, with the economy and stuff. I mean, Red Dog at his height was getting 30 to 40. Yeah, I mean, that was when it, he was, it's, you know, like I 30. said, it's, it's higher for everybody, and you can uh, add, a, add a zero or so or on the back of uh, James and Chad and those guys. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, but MC's yeah. still pulling down more, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's doing well. And, he, you know, like, keep in mind, he's like you said, he's a good he's a good crowd draw, and he only does a couple of years, so... Yeah. I think he did Australia. He was supposed to do our uh, deal in Italy with me, and then he did uh, Sweden, I think, and that yeah, was he did it. Sweden, I yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to so. ask him about the lame-ass parade laps we're seeing now, and how he used to pull that knack-knack out of his pocket and just have yeah. people going bars, oh, you know, like, yeah. like just frothing at the mouth, waiting for him on that first lap to pull a knack-knack over the triple. Like, you know, our guys now are lame. They're lame. Yeah. 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 Exactly. They just go do it and wave at the crowd. And, okay, let's get on with the 1.5 here. Yeah. Uh, the white too, right there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, all right, well, thanks to Jeremy McGrath. Uh, good guy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, double double whammy here on the, the motor show. We're running a little late. What do you think? You want to try to bust out these segments? Yeah, let's do that. Let's. Uh, we'll skip what's eating Steve because what's eating me is my rental car story that uh, I could. I need to, probably longer to get into. Uh, all right, well, we'll, we'll shelve that one for next week. Then. Did you hear about hear that? that one. Did you hear about it? No. <laughs> Just a quick, quick story. Driving to the airport, dropped my car off on Sunday. I uh, got pulled over by the cops for speeding, 74 and a 50. And right. got yanked out of the car. Another car came up behind him, yanked out of the car. It turns out Avis, my rental car, uh, was had stolen plates on it that Avis forgot to take out of the circulation. And they, dude, I got searched and frisked, hands against the car. Do you have any weapons? Wow. I mean, the whole deal, I missed my flight. And wow. Yeah, actually, I should, I'm sorry. I almost missed my flight. I caught it by one minute. Uh, wow. Uh, it was insane. It's insane. That's so crazy. Uh, Avis uh, is on my what's eating me list, and you can go F yourself, Avis. If you're listening. Uh, all right, <laughs> you time, for, classy, Avis. time for Paul's podium. Paul, uh, what do you got? All right, I'll, go, I'll do it quick here. I wish I could have done it from last week, but we'll keep it to three this week. Uh, I'll, I'll blow through real quick. Uh, number one up on it, even though some people, like even Jeremy said that, I was kind of surprised he said he had, didn't like the tracks. I thought the tracks had been awesome. That's the number one on my podium. Uh, bullshit. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they've all been great. Obviously, we know. There's been, been a couple good, good ones, but. I'm, yeah, I, I think there's been a couple. Good. If I had to pick one out that I didn't like that didn't look fun to ride, it was indie. It was very choppy, but it made for good racing. That's the key to me. They, I'm not saying that I would like to race any of them. Some of them look like a lot of fun to race, but it's made for good racing, in my opinion. I, I disagree with anybody that says otherwise. And we talked about the whole thing about tracks getting one line. They're going to get one line because all the guys are going to find the fastest line and go to it. That's enough said. We won't, we'll get into that another time. So, uh, and just, you know, the series in general, everybody that thinks, uh, that thinks it's boring, they're just on heroin. I think it's been an incredible year for Supercross. Uh, next up on my list is going to actually be a tie. You're going to hate this one because uh, they went 3-4, but Dean Wilson and Blake Baggett. Now, Dean Wilson was somewhat expected to get up there a little bit. Maybe not in my book. I, I had, as I told you in preseason, I had him fourth, fifth. He got a third. Great for Dean Wilson. Blake Baggett got a fourth. 
they both rode awesome. They both ran down Stroop. They both rode good in their heat races. Blake Baggett, the big surprise on the weekend, but those two are definitely tied for second on my list on the weekend. And then number one, rounding out my, my Paul's podium, Trey Kennard. What can you say? Two weeks in a row, a second and a third, just amazing. And uh, again, as I mentioned, reminiscent of some of the younger factory guys getting a step up. I'll tell you a great story real quick. I remember when Mike Kudrowski, factory Honda, number 762 at Gainesville. I wasn't there for it or anything. I just heard this after the fact. And Roger DeCoster says to him, you, you mu- and this is if you can figure, you know, Roger's uh, Belgian accent, which I'm not good with Belgian accents, you, you must win today. Well, how do you say that to a 17-year-old kid who's a first-time factory rider at his first real pro national? I think you wrote a handful of them the year before. You must win today. And Kudrowski goes out and wins. That blows my mind, the level of confidence and, and the way that a guy like R.D. can pick these guys and do the testing, put them on the good bikes, and know that they're capable of going and winning. To me, again, just seeing a guy like Trey Kennard is reminding me of a lot of these older factory guys that stepped up in the 80s and 90s. Matasevich, again, Bradshaw, Larry Ward, all these guys come off 125, jumping in the 250 class. It's just, to me, an exciting time in Supercross. And we haven't seen young guys come up and run at the front in a long, long time. It's been Stewart, Carmichael, Reed, Stewart, Carmichael, Reed, Wyndham. Very. Now, all of a sudden, we got all these young guys up there. Right. And I love it. And like I said, next year it's only going to be better with Weimer, Purcell, Metcalf, Stroop, uh, maybe Morris. I mean, it's going to be great. So, anyhow, that that's, uh, that rounds out my uh, my Paul's podium for the week. All right, okay. So quickly, uh, we're going to do the X-Brand Goggle tear-off segment. X-Brand Goggle is a result of 25 years of goggle technology. Also, the goggle of choice of Josh Strange. First two GNCC victories, uh, two for two. Uh, goggle of choice of Michael Lessie, Ryan Sipes, Kyle Chisholm. You name it, they're using X-Brand. Well, maybe not. You name it, they're using X-Brand. But anyways, check them out at the xbrand.com. This is a rapid-fire segment where Paul and I uh, ask each other questions. Paul, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, go ahead. Age uh, before beauty. All right. The first question I have for you is uh, what would you do to improve – you have 15 seconds. What would you do to improve – the Speed TV Supercross uh, quality of telecasts. Well, as you know, I don't have much bad to say about anything that felt yeah, no, I'm a fan of yeah, sports. And what they do, that's right. But, however, I will throw them on the bus for one thing. Stop making it an infomercial. Give us racing. Stop with the monster stuff and the pit parties. Show us some personalities. Stop making it an infomercial. All right, there we go. Uh, not yeah. bad, not 20 seconds, but anyways. All right, All right. Uh, question for you. Would Chad Reed have won the race had he raced? Uh, no, I'm going to say definitely not. I don't think he was in shape to do 20. I think he's in shape to do 20 at Anaheim. I don't think he's in shape to do 20 at Daytona. And trust me, I saw his thumb on his other hand. It is jacked up, and that's going to be bothering him for the next few weeks. So, no, I say. All right, all right. Uh, my question for you is... Can Trey Kernard actually win a race? Can he or will he? I guess that's the question. Can he? Sure. Josh, uh, Josh Grant won a race last year because some things happened. Trey Kennard is oh so close. Can he beat Dungeon and Villapo straight up? I doubt it, and even maybe with Reed back. But you never know. Stranger things have happened, and he's certainly close enough. He might just get one done if the playoffs line up right. All right, 19 seconds. You never make the 15-second mark, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm not the only one. Uh, no, but I, I think I do most of the time, or I try to. Anyways, uh, all right, so j- seeing as we had Jeremy McGrath on the show tonight, um, you line up Jeremy McGrath, 
Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, and Chad Reed, all at the height of their superpowers, all at the very peak of their riding abilities, and who comes up out, up front? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and why in 15 uh, seconds? I guess you got to go with James Stewart just on raw speed as, as long as he doesn't crash. Um, if you're going with anything else, I guess I got to go with MC maybe. I, I think, you know, I guess it depends on if all things are equal. If all things are equal, James Stewart wins. All right. That was actually pretty close. Yeah. Uh, all right. Question two. And not to mention, you just leapfrog me and did two questions in a row. So now I've got did two I? in a row for you. Uh, yeah. I do that every week. Well, yeah. I, I go long. I go 19 seconds and you just rail me. Just right. walk past me. Okay. All right. Uh, what is going on with Josh Hill? Uh, nothing's going on with Josh Hill. He's banged up. He's hurt. Uh, I think that crash at, at uh, Atlanta was worse than people know. And, uh, you know, hey, it, it, you got to walk before you can run. And right now he's walking and showing that he can uh, be a contender uh, next year. Good question. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, and and last but not least, it is the Canadian special as we head into Toronto. Will Dean Wilson win this weekend in the white class? No. Don't think so? How was that? That was uh, 2.6. Just, just two-second answer, yeah. no. No, no, I mean, I, you know, hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big uh, Gene Wilson fan, but uh, Porcel on another level and Stroop on another level. Sure. But, uh, I mean, so something could happen to Stroop, but can something happen to Stroop and Porcel? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Well, he so. definitely got a little closer to that level this week. Yeah, he did. No, 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 no doubt about that. So, yep. uh, and that was the X Brand Goggle Tear Off segment. Uh, X Brand Goggles. Check them out on the web on thexbrand.com. And now it is time for the question of the week off the message boards, Paul. Yeah, the world's longest segment, the uh, the MotorWorldRacing.com question of the week, vinyl news, uh, vinyl motor, vinyl MX motor news question of the week, view from the fence, Brian Junkie special, view from view from behind the keyboard, blah 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 blah. Uh, this one comes to us from SwissCore over at Vital, and he basically says, "Where's Kyle Regal?" Uh, and there's rumors flying rampant of the team not paying him and team not paying other guys in the past. I'm not going to get into that. As somebody pointed out, uh, go fund your own team and then uh, you know walk a mile in their shoes. I'm not going to judge them. I don't know specifically what goes on with that team. Uh, I'd like to think they have good equipment. Look what Ivan's doing. They are a new team, so their team isn't at pro circuit's level. But I will say this. I happen to know that Kyle and his stepdad, his parent, chose that team. He had opportunities with Cal Factory Kawasaki, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Factory Yamaha, and they made a conscious effort to choose that team a la Alessi's wanting, knowing what they want. And so somebody else pointed out on the message board that some of these amateur dads think they know it all. And unfortunately, I'm here to tell you, they may be good, they may be smart, they may know a lot about equipment, but you cannot replace 20, 30 years of experience that some of these teams have and the army of personnel that they surround themselves with. I'm not saying that's Valley Motorsports necessarily. I'm just saying don't go into this sport thinking you know it all and then expecting think good things to happen. Unfortunately, I'm not saying I told you so. I'm not even saying that Valley isn't up to snuff. I'm just saying they made their choice and they swore it was Valley Motorsports. And this is where they're at. And apparently, according to what I'm hearing, he's not going to be with that team anymore. Yeah, so, uh, he's, uh, not. Uh, he's not. And, and you yeah. can, we can read my column tomorrow for more scoop on this. I don't want to ruin it, but I've talked to both sides and I yeah, think I know deal. what kind of happened, but bad, bad deal for both sides. Again, I'm not throwing Kyle under the bus. He's a great kid. I question some of 
his uh, stepfather's choices uh, and decisions. But hey, each his own. It's their career, not mine. It's just and, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's early in one's career to already have a rep, right? A, a stigma of the, of the little league dad. Yes, absolutely. That's I mean, a bad deal. It, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of times. I mean, even if it's not true, they say. Uh, what do they say about your um, your reputation is is you only get one first impression? No, they say yeah. there's an old saying that old people say uh, like uh, don't eat yellow perception. Snow. Oh, no, no, yeah, that, no. they say that too. Perce- <laughs> perception is reality. That's it. Perception is reality many times, and the perception among other team people that I speak to is that Kyle Regal and his stepdad are difficult to deal with. Now, I don't know that's if that's true or not. That's a fact. I, yeah. I know from, from I know. first-hand experience they are. Now, that being said, once again, I'm not throwing them under the bus. I happen to like Kyle Regal a lot. I've been on his bandwagon for two years. Even as an amateur, I've been saying this kid can be a star and a winner. They're just making some really poor choices, in my opinion, and I hope that they get it straightened out. So, All right. There, there you go. go. There you um, go. And we pulled it in just under the two-hour mark. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Half hour, we're getting lapped right now. What do you mean half hour? Ha- half hour over over the deadline. We're oh, going yeah, over yeah. an hour and a half. But, hey, we, we, it was a double a double shot show this week with McGrath and uh, RV. So, yeah. uh, hopefully the fans enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for hanging in there and uh, hanging in there with all the stuff we go through every week trying to get this to you. We're just, as we keep saying, well, I'm going to get better. And uh, we're glad everybody enjoys it. We appreciate the calls. We appreciate the emails. We appreciate people walking up to us in the pits. And I, I mean that. We're not just saying that, people. I know it's, like, politically correct for me to say that. I really, it gives me goosebumps, seriously, when I read these emails. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody and uh, all the callers. And thank you, Steve. Thank you, Greg, for pulling the show off this week through Vendrillo. Thank you very much. We wouldn't be here without Greg. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Greg, until we yep. can figure this thing out. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it's it's been a good good ride so far. We want to keep going. Uh, two quality guests tonight, no doubt about it. Um, I want to thank MotorWorldRacing.com. Paul, so do you. Yeah, those guys, I mean, obviously, we know they, they stepped up for us. We would not be on the air without them. Hopefully, they're going to stick with us. If not, uh, hopefully, we've proven, you know, there's some other other uh, people that want to get involved. I've got to make some phone calls this week, but uh, we'll, you know, we'll see where we're at. We're definitely not going anywhere, though, people. And, uh, well, Steve is. Steve's going to Canada. He's going to the homeland, the motherland. I am. I'm going a day early so I can go to yeah. Hockey Hall of Fame on Friday. So and I'm staying home again. You won't see me till Dallas. I'm going to watch this one on TV once again with my wife and kids. It's been a long season already. And the outdoors is just going to be long. And we've got some exciting stuff planned for the outdoors, by the way, people. So keep listening. And, uh, yeah, good luck to everybody in Toronto. And uh, I'll check out those uh, trivia answers and try to get back to everybody this week. And hopefully we'll get some more Rockwell watches out the door. And uh, uh, thanks again to Motorwell. Thanks to X-Brand. Thanks to Motocross the Nation, September 26th. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Right on. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, yeah, like he said, see you next week. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. You're so wise. But like a miniature Buddha covered in hair.